Thank you for being faithful on Sunday night, uh, faithful crowd, and I appreciate the opportunity. I am praying for Pastor and his recovery, and uh, we pray every night as a family in our church family at Greater Portland Baptist Church is praying, and so, and I, we just want to be a blessing to you, and I hope that we could accomplish that tonight, and um I just can't imagine what pastor's going through. I can't even imagine and his wife and just the challenging uh, uh, situation. Anyways, um, thank you again for just praying for us this week. Uh, had a great week of ministry this week. If I could just tell a couple of stories about the prison. <laughs> and so I was... Um, Yesterday at Callitz County Juvenile Detention Center, there were seven young men there, and they all came to service 100%, and they went in there, and uh, uh, I, several of them were new to me, and uh, there's a young man who sat there right in the middle, tall, tall guy, and uh, he sat down and kind of had his head down. He says, my dad's a pastor. And so we began to sing. He, we sang some songs. And, uh, so anyways, we, uh, I was preaching at a song, uh, Psalms 119, uh, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word. I've been going to go through that portion of scripture there, a few verses, and he began to just kind of weep. You could see his eyes watering. There's other kids there. They were all listening. They're all focused. We sang songs. I began to do the Bible study. And I thought about that after leaving. I was thinking, boy, here's a kid. Um, he's in, de- in detention center. That's a serious thing. And it's a life-changing event. And I don't know much about him, but he told me he, his dad's a preacher. And so I was thinking about the family dynamics, and I said, there's probably a family, a dad and a mom that are heartbroken. Their son ended up at the detention center of all things. Maybe there's a church just, man, praying and just disappointed or just scared or angry or you name it, whatever the situation might be. Um, finish the Bible study. I always give an invitation close in prayer and uh, everybody bowed their head, closed their eyes and he raised his hand to be saved. I don't know if it was assurance or what, but I was just thinking, boy, how God works. God allowed him to be there. And God, the Holy Spirit was working, obviously. Other kids were kind of looking at him because he's a big kid. He's the leader type of a kid where you kind of respect him, I could tell. But here he was responding to the message. And so that was a good example for the other kids. But again, I just uh, thankful that God allows us how, uh, how are they here without a preacher, you know, and if not the preacher be sent, how will that all work out? But here we are. Thank God, God put us in the right position at the right time and how God works. And uh, that was the place maybe that this was the turning point in his life. Back to God. He knew what he was supposed to do. And, but he needs to start taking heed. <laughs> it's one thing to have the head knowledge. 
That happens to a lot of us, huh? We have a lot of head knowledge, but am I listening and applying that head knowledge to my life uh, out living daily? And that happens to the youth, happens to me, happens to all of us. And so thank you again for praying and just allowing us to be in those facilities. Um, today we had four services at Donald D. Long here. We had four young people get saved uh, during those services. And again, uh, just how God works and God allows us to be there. Uh, one of the Bible studies, I walked into the unit there and there's a it's a, what they call a pod. It's a living quarters. All the rooms are on the side of the uh, the building, and then there's like a middle part where there's a TV section. There's a some tables and another section, and there's a, like another. They even have like a little mini gym where you could play basketball in another section. So I walked in and uh, sat at the table. The staff says, "Okay, it's church time." Not everybody always goes to church in that facility, but an unusual thing, and my volunteer was with me, he says, I can't believe it. Just about everybody attended church. Slowly, they started trickling in. <laughs> I started off with three guys, and then another guy came, and another guy, and before you know it, the pod was silent, and everybody was sitting around, and even the staff member, he began to listen to the message and uh, it was just a great thing how God works. And uh, we had a couple guys get saved in that meeting. A lot of them are saved already. A lot of them know Christ. Uh, and so it's just a neat thing uh, to see that happens. Long, long story short, but uh, 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 it's been several years now. I remember um, I was at uh, McC- um, Green Hill School. It's a state facility for youth uh, there in Chehalis. And I got a kite that said, hey, there's a kid that wants to see you, but he's in the IMU, intention, uh, intensive management unit. That's where the, with the, the prison within the prison. And so I said, I'd, I'd happy to be, go see him. And they said, well, he's in trouble. So I walked all the way up there to that unit and I said, hey, could I see so-and-so? And they said, yeah, but it'll take a few minutes. We have to get some more staff to escort him from his room to you. And it's kind of a, I, I wasn't thinking what that meant. So a few minutes later, some two staff members came. They went to his room and then another two came. They went to his room and then they shackled him, his feet to in his, you know, two feet together. Uh, you know, you could walk. And then they had a shackle here and a shackle here with the belt around it. I'm thinking, boy, this is a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh, things that they're going through. And they said, well, he's been, he's assaulted several staff here and said, oh, okay. So I could understand a little bit. So, so then they take them to where I was in a classroom and, and it's kind of a funny story. And they take the, the locks off and his feet and in his hands. And it took, you know, a good few minutes to do that. And then he's loose there. And then they put him in a classroom and I'm in the classroom and then they leave. <laughs> Said, thanks a lot. <laughs> Appreciate what you think about me. But, uh, um, but, uh, I, I thought about that. Nothing ever happened, but it was just a funny story. I thought I'd tell you, but, um, and so just how God 
gives us favor <laughs> and protection and so and so but um anyways let's look at our bible today i want to look at let me just talk about introduce this uh, so- subject um one of the things that i have developed over the years and i haven't done all these developed them but rock of ages has uh emotional concepts and character concepts things that uh, people all people need biblical principles to deal with different emotions that we have whether it be anger whether it be bitterness today i was teaching on bitterness all day and uh grief or you name it and then there's character concepts that we teach with biblical principles really great it's given me tools to deal with just about any situation um uh, in the institution uh, my prayer letter should be coming out this next week but i kind of list the different stories of events that i've had over the several months it seems like after covid my role has grown uh, as a chaplain in these facilities I know you hear it in the news and it is true. There's so much mental health things going on. It's just crazy. And I see it within the institutions. And so, um, and so these character concepts have really been able to help me deal with these, uh, teenagers, um, when they're going through uh, these different emotions. And what I was getting at, I've seen the shift kind of allow me i've always had an important role and i'm not saying because i'm important but as a minister for christ i realized the importance of that and god has allowed it and that was kind of my role and and it still is my role and it still is the priority but it's kind of grown also within still making christ uh, the ultimate goal is to point them to jesus christ and point them to the cross that's my goal to 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 introduce them to Christ. It's a soul winning ministry. But I find myself now, because there's so many crisis situations within the institution. And a lot of times I'm right in the middle of them, whether it's a kid that's ready to explode. And the other day I walked into a unit just so blindly. I walked into a unit, all the staff and all the youth were in this one corner of the, uh, the pod there and there was this one kid on the other corner and there was security security is the police of the prison they were there but i was kind of ignorant to this whole thing i walked into the unit i see this one kid and i see everybody else over there and so as soon as i walked in i know the kid i walked right up to him not realizing what was going on and he was ready to explode i didn't realize and i began to talk to him and then he began to cry and weep and he said, man, things are just not working out. They're not treating me fair. So they're all waiting for something to happen. And I didn't realize that just coming in there. But then I was talking to him and everything just calmed down. God began to work. He calmed down. Everybody else, uh, you know, went back to their routine that they do. But I was just so grateful. I had a relationship with him a long time before that. And I, he was even saved, young man. He accepted Christ previous to that incident. But God, how God is allowing me and the staff is allowing me to, hey, just 
do what you can do. <laughs> we're open. <laughs> we need all the help that we could get. And so that's where we're at now in these facilities. And I see that more and more and more part of the team. Whereas before, oh, you're just a volunteer and you just do church and that's your thing. And let us, we're, we're here uh, to do the rest or, you know, but anyways, it's, we become part of a team now. And so I'm glad about that. And it's just God giving us favor, God opening doors. I know my limits. I'm not a superhero at all. But you know what? God is. And God God has the answer. And if you could know the scripture and know uh, how man works and how God deals with man and the principles of God, uh, those are more important than any tool that the world has. And so praise the Lord for that. And I'm thankful that we're able to do that. I want to talk about grief. Grief is a natural reaction to loss. And every one of us has loss in our life at some period or another. Grief is that mental pain, uh, sometimes brought on by maybe our behavior. We've caused it. Um, grief is experienced as a conflict between fiction and reality. You know, you're just kind of, confused about the situation and our emotions always get the best of us and they put us in a situation where it's sometimes not reality but we're in that situation and to us it's real so how does we deal with grief grief is always dealt with with a process of time it just takes time and then finally hopefully you overcome Maybe you never really overcome, but you kind of understand I need to go on with life. And you, that's, uh, takes a process of time. What is grief? Webster's 1828 dictionary says this. Grief, the pain of the mind produced by loss, misfortune, injury, or evils of any kind, sorrow, regret. And so grief is a real thing. We've experienced grief and oftentimes we relate it to somebody uh, dying, but grief is any loss that you might have any life shattering event, maybe a serious sickness. Maybe it's financial loss, uh, a loss of life. Like we talked about, Sometimes there's divorce or whatever. There's loss in our life and it causes grief and it's a real thing. So again, I want to remind you, grief is an emotion and God gave us that emotion. And so I often like to think, and I use this with the youth, hey, they're incarcerated. They're away from family. They lost something. And many times I'm not giving, trying to, to, um, sympathize with them, but I, I, I tell them, you know, well, you know, you do the crime, you have to do the time and just, but it's a good opportunity to reorient, to get on the right track. And I tell them, you need to learn from your mistakes and how foolish it would be not to learn from your mistakes. If you don't, Learn from your mistakes. You'll just keep repeating them over and over. But 
whether it's our misconduct or whether it's things that just happen in life, which they do, life happens, huh? And by the way, if I could just say it happens to all of us. Just because you're a Christian and you're in church today and you're soul winning and you're right with God and all that doesn't mean that we're not going to have loss. This world is not our home. We're just passing through and we're going to experience. When it rains, it rains on all of us, huh? And so as Christians, we need to be aware of it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to experience grief. It's okay to have bitterness, but it's what you do when you get those emotions. How do I deal with them? What does the Bible say? So I say all that to say is grief is acceptable. Uh, grief offers a people, a people an opportunity to a fresh start in their lives. They could work through the changes and they're forced to do that sometimes. We're put in a position like, a lot of these kids are there. They've been put in a position, but hey, this could be a turning point in your life. And if you do things right, it's a good thing. You know, even God experienced grief. Genesis 6, 6 says this, and it repented the Lord as he had made man on the earth and it grieved him. At his heart. That's talking about us. It grieved him. Here he is. He created us for his pleasure. And we turned. And God grieved over that. He experienced loss. Everyone experiences grief. Even God. The Apostle Paul described the potential grief we, he would have experienced if his good friend Ephroditus who was sick, had died. This is what he said, the Apostle Paul, for indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not him only, but me also, lest I should have sorrowed upon sorrow, Philippians 2, 27. So again, I'm just using examples from the Bible how people experience grief, whether it be God whether it be the Apostle Paul or whether it be me and you, we're going to experience loss in lives. Sometimes grief is, is experienced, again, like I say, from our own misconduct. Uh, David grieved in the Old Testament when God judged his sin with Bathsheba by taking the life of their baby. The Bible, Bible also says that grieving can be a result of chastising God will discipline us Uh, and it's God doing it in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 12 it says now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby, Hebrews 12, 11. So again, I remind you, hey, grief uh, is there and it's real and it's acceptable. But let's take that grief, whatever that loss may be in our lives at the time, 
and let God do what he wants to do and teach us the lesson that he wants to teach us. And during grief, praise the Lord, we've all experienced loss in our life. Uh, you have, I have, and we will, we will continue. Uh, but I want you to know that grief, grief is comforted by Christ. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three and four, the Bible says this. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three and four, that the God, that God can comfort us in any loss that we might experience. Let me read the verse. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comforts. You've been there. I've been there. If you're a Christian, any length of time where God just gives you a peace uh, during a time of grief, you know, whether I remember uh, when my father died and, you know, it was like all of us, we go through experiences and it's kind of a, uh, a lot of emotions during the time. And, and, you know, people are just real emotional and, but you have to make decisions. You have to get through this. And I remember during that time that just, and it was a long process, long hospital stay, long up and down. You've been there. Some of you were, man, things look good and things don't look good. And boy, it's just kind of overwhelming. But God could give peace. God gives comfort. And, you know, people without Christ, they could lose it. And, you know, they just kind of just going out of their mind. And I, it's understandable. But with God's help, he could give us comfort during that time. And, you know, it's the peace that passes all understanding, like the Bible says. The Apostle Paul said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my... For for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Oh, boy, this is the Apostle Paul. Man, I'm not sure if I'm there, but therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches in necessities and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God gave him physical infirmities. We're not quite sure what they are, but obviously he had some things in his life that he felt, man, if I could just get rid of these, I could do so much more for God. Makes sense, huh? Yeah, I could travel more. I could do more things. And how many have ever felt that way? And we have these things in our life when we think, man, if I could just get these things out of my life. But God said, no. A matter of fact, it's because of these things that I'm able to use you. Wow. It's because of these things I could use you. And he prayed and he prayed. And you think of, man, if God's going to answer somebody's prayer, it's going to be the Apostle Paul. 
I mean, he has a connection with God. I mean, he even saw God and he just had that connection that just very few people ever had. But God said, no. It's because of these weaknesses. That's why you're strong. Anybody who's done anything great for God, I could look in history, man, they went through a lot in their life. There's been many times in their life where grief was knocking on their door, but God uses them because they have experiences that we need to hear from and we need to experience. You know why? Because we experience them and we could look to them and say, man, If they got through them, I could get through them. God wants to do a work and he'll do a work. But we just got to have faith. We got to trust him. We got to just say, you know what? I'm going to trust him in this situation. God's going to give us peace. God's going to give us comfort. He's going to get us through the situation. And he has a purpose The older I get, the longer I am a Christian. I've learned that when things come, big things. And my wife is a great help in this. She says, you know, God, still God. Wives are amazing. (laughs) And I'm thinking and I'm stressed and I get worried. And she says, remember the last time this happened? God of God is through. Why is he not going to do it again? Yeah, oh, please. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true, huh? I like to fix things and I'm a fixer and I want to fix this right away. But the older I get and the longer I'm a Christian, I just say, God, here it is. It's come up again. I can't deal with this. Could you deal with it? And God says, sure, I'll take it on. (laughs) And we come to that place in our life. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches. What is God going to do now? How's he going to work this out? And God begins to do those miracles, those things that I cannot do and those things that you cannot do, those things that your credit card cannot do, those things that the doctor cannot do. God begins to do a work. Somebody said the darkest nights produced the brightest stars. Man, sometimes it's dark out, huh? But that's when you get to see God work. His handiwork. So when grief comes, I want you to know, hey, it's okay. It's going to come. But I also want us to know as Christians, hey, God is there. And he's going to do a work. And we need to trust him. He is the comforter. And he's going to give us comfort. I don't know what somebody's going through tonight, but this message was given to me and some of us need it tonight. Because life happens. And life is hard. Let's not deny, oh, we're a Christian. God is good and we're going to get through this. But the honest truth, sometimes it's painful. Let's be honest. 
We're going to experience things lost. Again, I remind you, this world is not our home. And the devil's going to have his way. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's God just saying, hey, I want to teach you something. I want to bring you to a better place. I want you to mature. I want you to grow. And I'm going to allow this to happen. Because grief is for a purpose. The Bible makes an interesting statement in 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all things are of God. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And have given uh, to us the ministry of reconciliation. This verse teaches that everything happens in our life for a reason. We know that. We use that verse. But it's true. Maybe if you're not a Christian, this thing that happens in your life that you are just, man, troubled by, is bringing you to a spot where you realize, I need God. Happens to guys every day in the prison. They're down and out. I said, of all things, and I mentioned this over, but it's so true. And I just, every time I'm in a prison, I think about this. If all things, I tell these guys, here you are. How many of you would be in church today if you weren't here today? Not too many hands go up. But I says, you're in church today. Because God's been knocking on your door. And you haven't opened. You've been running the streets, doing your thing, and uh, just going here and to and fro and just doing your thing. And God's been knocking, but you couldn't even hear it anymore because you've been ignoring it so long. Hey, Christian, that could happen to us. And God will say, okay, I'll allow some things to happen in your life. And it's for a purpose. If it's to get saved, hey, let's get saved. If it's to get right, let's get right. It's to shake things up in our life, to get our priorities back in order. Let it happen. So be it. God loves us too much. There's not much time. Hey, we need to be busy about the things of God. The ministry of reconciliation. All things happen for a reason. If you're not saved, it's a time to get saved. We might see the need for salvation like many of those guys this week. Everything happens. God's after us. God wants to see us saved. If we are saved, then everything happens in our life. In our lives for the purpose of making us more effective. And leading others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. I want to be more effective. And what the world needs is Christians who are effective. Am I effective? I'm not sure. Are we effective? We ought to be more effective. We need to be salt in this world. We need to be the light in this world. And if God has to do and stir some things up in our life to be more effective, maybe we would say, go for it. Make me more effective. 
We know the verse. It's often quoted. Uh, Romans 8.28, I love it. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Many people have found the Lord as their personal Savior by working through the grieving process. Many people have got right with God by working through the grieving process. It's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. Then last, grief is the step to help others. Man, the world needs help. Richfield needs help. Clark County needs help. Washington State needs help. The United States needs help. We can make a difference. But we need to allow God to work through us. Let's not fight it. When he's trying to do something in our life, let's just say, okay, God, here you are. Uh, Here I am again. Uh, What are you going to do? What are you going to show me? See, grief is a step to help others. It is true that that experience is the most effective teacher. There's some young people here tonight, and I tell you, learn from them because they've been there. (laughs) And I know we all do it. We think we, when we're younger, we got it. We figured it out. And somewhere around our 30s or 40s, we kind of figure, oh, yeah, I should have listened. I should have listened because now I had to learn from the school of hard knocks. That's the way we learn, a lot of us. But we need to learn from each other. I need you and you need me. I need your experiences. I need to know what, how you got through it. But if you've never been through anything, I, I don't know how you could really help me. But we've all been through stuff. And I don't have, if I don't have to go through it, I don't want to go through it. And maybe somebody here will say, hey, I've been through this and this is how I worked it out. See how that works? That's what the church is about. They'll know us because our love for one another and how we help each other and we listen to one another and we learn from others. And maybe I could learn from your mistakes and you could learn from my mistakes to avoid those things. And yes, it's geared more for young people, but we could all learn from one another. Proverbs 20, 29 says, the glory of young men is their strength. Man, when you're young, you're strong and man, you could just conquer the world and man, you could go play sports and fall and tumble and get right back up and you're Nothing happened. If that's me, boy, a lot of things will happen. (laughs) Painful. And it's going to take me a long time to recover. The glory of young men is their strength. And the beauty of old men is their gray head. That's what the Bible says. 
Why? Because they're wise. (laughs) They've done that. They've been there. They experienced. So it would be wise for young people to listen to the gray-headed men. We could learn a whole lot. We could save ourselves a whole lot of heartaches and pain. Many times we grieve because we're facing the consequences of our failure. So we need good counsel. Godly counsel. Adam and Eve are a good example of what happens when we listen to the wrong person. I tell the the guys in the justice center, I says, man, if you get advice, don't get advice from the guy that's sitting next to you in jail. I says, you need to find some godly advice. Don't listen to them. I know there's some arguments with that. I had some kid, you know how they are. Well, maybe they're, maybe they're teaching me why they got in trouble. So I, and I, yeah, I guess that's true, but that's usually not the case. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause he, I thought he knew better than, than my statement. That's a prime example. But anyways, um, God had given Adam very clear instructions for life in the garden of Eden. He had permission to eat any fruit. Uh, but he, except one tree. But where did he go? The devil came. The serpent came. And God gives us clear warning. What would happen if we disobeyed him? The devil, however, talked to Eve into ignoring the word of God. As a result, the whole human race was plunged into sin and all have been made to live under the sin curse. The Bible explains this natural law of sowing and reaping in Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also prosper so again at the end of the day i tell these guys i says at the end of the day it's you looking in the mirror you're the one sitting in here you're the one paying the consequences you're the one that separated from your family at christmas you're the one and for older guys who are there and you've been here 20 years now and you never got married you never had children you never had a driver's license because there's consequences What we sow, we're going to reap. So if I can learn from others, let's learn. (laughs) Because I don't want to be there. And we're not just talking about things that land us up in prison. We're just talking about life in general. So, grief. Grief. Grief is acceptable. It's okay to have grief. You heard it. Psychology classes, and it's it's nothing wrong with it. When the grief process happens, first of all, there's denial. This can't be happening to me. This happens only to other people. 
This is things that I hear about in the news, but it doesn't happen to my family. It does happen. We get that denial. That this loss didn't actually happen, but yes, it is happening. And then there's anger that sets in. You feel victimized and you get hostile and sometimes even at God. Why? Why? I didn't deserve this. And then sometimes, a lot of times, depression sets in. A person may lack motivation, become isolated, exclude themselves, because it's just too hard. Life is just too hard, so I want to just escape from life, and that's what we do. But we need to get that up to that point, and as Christians, we need to get to this point, especially where we regain focus on reality and accept the changes that have taken place and then move forward and use those experiences for the glory of God to help others. God has a purpose. But it all starts with knowing Jesus Christ because with Christ, all things are possible. He could get us through anything. If you're not saved today, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says, for all have sinned, every one of us, and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. None of us are good enough to get to heaven. Matter of fact, the Bible, matter of fact, the Bible says this, for the wages of sin is death separation from God, spiritual death. The second death, the lake of fire. But thank God, the gift of God is eternal life. It's eternal life through Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called upon Jesus? Are you sure about that? Hey, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, neither are you. We need to be prepared to meet our Savior. Are your sins covered under the blood? If not, make sure, I beg you, get that settled tonight. So you don't have to pay for your sins. And then God gives you the tools that you need. When you get saved, you get eternal life, but he gives you a bunch of tools to live life. And boy, do we need these tools because life happens. How do people do it without God? You know the answer. They turn to all kinds of things, but it never works. Because the only thing that could help is God, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for God's word, Baptist Church family. Tonight, I'm thinking about pastor. I pray that you would do a miracle in his life. I pray if he's suffering, if he's hurting, which I probably is, he's got to get through this. I pray you just give him grace, your grace. Help him to get through this. Be with his dear wife, his two girls. Bless them, Lord. Encourage them even tonight. Meet their needs. 
spiritual, physical health needs, Lord, I pray you intervene in a special way. We'd like to see a miracle. And I know you can do it. And today we ask you, Lord, to please help. Be with this church body. Somebody needed this message tonight. Maybe it was me. But I pray we would take it to heart. Apply it to our lives. Just like that young man yesterday. Take heed according to thy word. That's what we all need to do. Not just because you're incarcerated. But we all need to take heed. Help us to do that. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you as personal savior. Hey, don't leave tonight before you get that settled. Trust Christ. Make him your savior. By the way, if you're here and you're not sure if you're saved, but you would like to get that settled today, hey, why don't you just let me know by a raise of hand? I promise I won't call you out, but I'd love to talk to you after. Is anybody here like that? I would like to get that settled. My salvation, my that I would have forgiveness of sin, that I can know that I have a home in heaven. Is there anybody here like that that would say, hey, I'm not sure, but I sure would like to know. I have some doubt, but I sure like to get that settled. Good. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Again, Lord, we're needy people. Help us now. In Jesus' name, amen.